Amplify Her Voice is for women who want to break through the glass ceiling. We want to celebrate their successes, elevate their voices, and tackle the challenges that they face. We share stories and talk about challenges because our shared experience can lift others up. I'm your host, Megan Conahan, and this is Amplify Her Voice. Hey everyone, welcome back to Amplify Her Voice. I'm your host, Megan Conahan, and today we have Ariel Heyman, the head of digital marketing for North America at Bugaboo. Ariel, welcome. I'm so happy to have you with us today. Thanks, Megan. I'm so happy to be here. Um, so, Ariel, Bugaboo is such a cool, like a very cool, hip, amazing stroller company. Are you? I have to ask, are you just like a complete stroller expert right now? Like, do you know everything about everything when it comes to strollers? Like silently judging moms as they like stroll their babies down the street? I definitely, um, as you know, I I don't have children. Um, I definitely notice strollers a lot more since I, (laughs) I joined Bugaboo. And I think even though I don't have children, the really cool thing about as a marketer about working uh, in the baby space is that you have a new customer every year. There's all this information. There are all these details that you get to learn. Uh, so I definitely have like friends who are expecting or who have just had a kid who will reach out to me and be like, what's the weight limit on this? Or what do you think about that? So it's, it's always interesting. You are. Yeah. I was going to say, now you're like the resident um, baby product stroller everything expert which is which is nice um that's a i mean it's good information to have honestly i i think that's at least useful you know um and ariel we've known each other i was trying to figure out exactly when we met but i think it was around 2015 2016 so i'm pretty familiar with you know you and your professional journey but i was wondering if you could just give a little bit of an introduction on who you are your background and your role right now that would be really helpful for the rest of the listeners absolutely absolutely um no i think and it's it's crazy how how long i've known both you and direct agents at this point um so i i started out thinking i was going to be the next great american novelist early on in my in my my college years or or perhaps an academic and i i stumbled into a a marketing agency was put on an e-com team and immediately got hooked i think what's what's so fun about what we do is we get to be creative we get to be analytical Um, And so after that, I've been predominantly brand side throughout my career, and I've had the opportunity to work with some some really, really incredible brands. And I will say early on in my career, um, it must have been the latest 2015, I stumbled across direct agents and you guys were throwing an event and... uh, I'm sure it'll it'll play into our conversation a little bit later on, but um, access to educational events and and things like that early on in my career when I was working with smaller companies, I think were so critical to parts of my trajectory and parts of my success. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think I knew that you wanted to be a novelist when um, in a in a previous life. Are do you are you still writing or? Not as I, much. More, more ad copy. 
Yeah, I would say more. <laughs> not even as much with that anymore. Um, definitely early on, I, I worked in music journalism. I, I published some poetry and thought that I was going to be in academic and things just really switched. But writing is always there. Um, I do... I do always read, so it's not totally out of the picture. Now I'm at uh, Bugaboo. We're a really fantastic premium uh, European stroller company uh, with a heritage rooted in design. So it's it's really it's been really exciting to work for a company with that type of legacy. Uh, but I'm head of marketing and digital for North America right now. Um, and and yeah, it's been. So you're really you're fun. doing it all. You're you're kind of <laughs> responsible for bringing the Bugaboo, um, the Bugaboo brand to to the U.S. and North America, which is really exciting because I know you guys are, um, I think, much bigger internationally and in Europe, right? And and starting to really make some really big inroads here, which is which is awesome that you have such a great purview into this big growth opportunity for the brand. Yeah, I think it's, you know, and it, it goes back to like what excites me as a marketer, like the ability to take a heritage brand that has, um, you know, a, we've been around for 20 years, a reasonable amount of history really rooted in quality and design and connect that to the North American consumer. Mm -hmm. That's where it really, it gets fun. It gets really fun. Well, it is a very cool company. And I was telling you when we connected before, I love, I always see like, I mean, probably because I'm being retargeted like crazy because I was, you know, talking to you and all of that. But I always see your videos and they're all so cool. And um, what a great, what a great brand to work for. And it's probably so exciting to be able to, like you said, bring that, um, that bring that brand to the North American customer. Um so today, and, and what we do pretty much every episode is that we dive into a particular topic. So this week, the topic that we're going to dive into is going to be really the importance of just building and leveraging relationships. And what I think is really so interesting about, you know, the topics that we cover, not just now, but that we've, we've covered before, that we'll, we'll continue to cover on Amplify is that, you know, you can get to a certain level at your career or at your organization by, by just doing a really good job, right? Um, but then there comes this inflection point or um, this this time where you, you're kind of hitting your head on the ceiling a little bit and the soft skills and the things that we talk about here, like building relationships or mindset or whatever it might be, that's the reason for that next jump. So I really think that building relationships and leveraging relationships are one of those key pillars to becoming an effective leader and continuing that growth trajectory. Um, so I was just hoping, Ariel, if you could just talk through, you know, this was a topic that, that we kind of came up with together um, and I know you think is really, really important, but could you just talk about why you think building relationships is so important in career growth and, and getting to that next level? Because it's one thing to do your job well, but you know, how do you make it to that, that next jump essentially and why are, are relationship building and why is relationship building so you think integral in that? Absolutely. I, I think it's a really a really critical piece. I mean, I can say with certainty that without the relationships I've established, I 
I would not be where I am today. And I, I don't even mean that as, um, you know, someone handed me this job. That's, that's not what happened, but, uh, due to the relationships that I've developed over time, I, I had a, a circle around me that has helped give me support when I'm steering towards that next direction, provide education. Like I think our, our relationship and, and with direct agents, different different partners like that have helped elevate uh, where I am and, and where I'm going. Um, but there's there's an ecosystem of support that I feel confident if I, if I didn't have, I I wouldn't necessarily be where I'm standing today. No, completely. I mean, I completely agree. And I don't think that it's something that maybe we talk about enough, um, how urgent it is to craft different types of relationships. Um, And, you know, when you start, and I don't know what what your younger um, career self was like, but mine was, you know, I went to work and then I had my, my social life outside of that. I never thought about how do I create really meaningful relationships, um, in my professional life that will help me kind of get to that next level. Nobody really impressed upon me. I think the importance of, of networking and and doing all of those things. So I, I completely agree. And obviously like building relationships is a very broad, topic and you can say like women are great at building relationships and there's all sorts of relationships that you can build um but uh, you know if i think about relationships both you know not that i separate them into like two groups because i don't think this is like doing it justice but there are relationships that you need to build within your organization and then there are relationships that you should build outside of your organization right so from your perspective can you just talk about you know, when, when you were coming up or even now, do you prioritize building those relationships like inside, uh, your company? Like if you just started at Bugaboo or are you really prioritizing expanding and extending your network and building those connections outside of, outside of your organization? Absolutely. I think that's a really good question. Um, I do think earlier in my career, I, I definitely, and I don't know that this necessarily has to do with where I was in my career. I think it was a factor of working predominantly for very small companies. Um, but I definitely focused more, even if it was unintentional, on, on building a network outside of my company uh, for a couple reasons. I think from obviously just an opportunity and knowledge perspective, having other points of views, you know, when you're, when you're working for an eight person company, you are typically, it's at least in my role, you might be the only digital marketer on the team. So to have at a minimum peers, if not mentors, who you can talk about what you're doing, what your wins, what your, what your failures and and learn from each other um, in that capacity, I, I, I've, found that to be so valuable. And then from a growth perspective, just having a a network of of women that I've developed over the years who, A, are a support system when we're ready to take the next step, like little cheerleaders, so so to speak. Um, But I, I think it's really critical to have, even outside of what you're doing, 
a group of peers who are able to speak to from a development standpoint, like this is where I'm at, this is where I'm planning to go. And I, I think that elevates you and, and what you're doing, having that additional context versus being in some sort of a silo or or somewhere else where, you know, we might not inherently get some of these these skill sets. Um, right now, I am prioritizing developing relationships within my organization. I think I don't want to say part of that is due to COVID. It would still be really critical working for a global company. But I would say as a leader, it's even more important to me now uh, to go the extra mile to set up Zoom calls with certain certain stakeholders so I'm not just a name on an email thread. Um, I, I think in this in this particular environment, it's it's more important now than ever to establish these types of relationships within your your company. Um, because we, you know, it's it's like the number one thing that we do is we we log into our computer, even though some things have opened up in the country. Um, I think that social life is a little bit different for a lot of people. And it's really critical to have this element of of support and humanity and, and empathetic leadership, I think, within within your organization. And I think within your organization too, those are you said it's really important to have those relationships with stakeholder stakeholders and and leadership, uh, especially at some of those larger organizations, be it so that you can impress upon them your brand and who you are and all of those things. And that is going to be one of the things that gets you to the next level. But to your point, like all of the back work that I've done to get myself ready for those conversations, to get support, to get additional resources, that comes from outside. You know, so I feel like they work so hand in hand that I will go to my non-direct agent support group and be like, hey, I need your perspective on X, Y, and Z, or this is what I'm struggling with, and they will provide me. And I can be a little bit more, I don't want to say transparent, because usually internally, I'm, I'm, I'm selling. I'm selling myself. I'm selling my idea. I'm selling my vision. I'm selling my brand. Um, and outside, I can be a little bit more, I guess, you know, honest and transparent, like, this is what I'm struggling with. Can you really help me? Can you give me some new ideas? Can you give me um, things that you've thought about or you guys have done? And then I can take that and I can craft that into ways that I can build my relationships internally too. Absolutely. I think that's a great way to to frame it. Um, you know, I think in an ideal world, we find organizations and brands that we we stick with for for a while in our career. If, if we're seeing the growth that keeps us engaged and and you know on on a sort of upward trajectory and path that's engaging and exciting, um, but I think the inverse of that is it's easy to lose. I don't want to say lose perspective, but lose exposure to what's going on around you. So. I think whether it's performance driven, whether it's more of an HR or or growth perspective to ensure that, I think this is important in general, but just to make sure that there are other, there are other, um, you know, there are other perspectives at the table, I think so helpful. And that could be said about a lot of aspects of marketing for sure. Um, But to have 
I think those other perspectives really helps. Oh, I absolutely. I am so often trapped in my own bubble world and it just takes someone outside to say something so probably obvious to them and I'm like oh wow like I never it never occurred to me or I never thought about it like that or um that seems so obvious but for me it wasn't and that diversity in opinion and thought has is really helpful um I think it's really, and I love that you have always prioritized building relationships, you know, outside of your organization. And I mean, both, obviously, like we said, they're both obviously really important, but I, I honestly find that sometimes, you know, I don't know if this is um, a generational thing or if this is something that women do, but a lot of times, like, they'll find sometimes a hard time to or find it really hard to build those uh, relationships outside of your own, your own company, because I don't want to say building them inside your company is easy to your point, especially now with COVID, like you have to be so intentional about the relationships you build and the meetings you set and the virtual coffees you ask people on because everybody is so busy and everyone is so swamped and we're all on zoom meetings back to back to back. So it is definitely more challenging, but maybe in a pre COVID or let's hope post COVID world, you're around these people all the time. You have more opportunities to interact with them and to engage with them. You're, you're there every day that you could potentially run into leadership. So it becomes a little, um, potentially easier, you know, how have you, you've done such a great job of building this, these authentic relationships outside of your, your org. So how have you done that? Like, were there steps that you've taken? Have you been actively seeking out like events? Like what were the steps that you took to start on that path? Yeah, I, I definitely think early on, I I think there are a couple things. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think it was inherently easy to, to put myself out there, especially early on in my career. Um, you know, there, and, and this is, I think, why we're having this conversation. There's not a lot of clarity of like, how do you start networking outside of your organization? Um, I do think that looking for events was a really big part of that. Um, my, you know, my father is an accountant. I'm the daughter of an, an accountant and he always runs a very client driven business. So um, I'm very fortunate that he stressed the importance of networking. That doesn't mean I adopted it very easily, but early on in my career, it definitely came up in conversation that this is, you know, this is something that you should do. So looking for events that deal with your, your specialty, like the events that your team puts on, or, you know, there are a variety of ways to get to like-minded people, um, or people who may be dealing with the same sort of struggles and uh, topics that you are and start, start there because then you have, you have a stake in the game one way or the other, you know, you're interested in learning, you have an opinion. Um, There's something engaging there. And I think attending those types of events, that's how you can start to build relationships. And um, for me, my personal approach is always to just not expect anything in return from relationships that that develop through networking. Um, 
can call it karma, you can call it whatever it is, helping, you know, treating others as you would like to be treated. But um, I, I truly think that if I meet someone at an event and something speaks to me down the line of, you know, here's something that may, here's some business that may fit for this person, or here's something else that may work out, um, that there's a, there is going to be, I, I don't want to say benefit because that means that it was like calculated, but I, I just, I just feel like that's the right thing to do to keep building people up around you. Um, so I hope, I hope that answers. Yeah. And there's a couple of things I kind of want to dig in there. Like, I love that because to your, you know, you can have relationships and that's all well and good, but if you don't leverage them, then that is, that's not to your, not to your benefit, to your point, it's not so calculated, but if you're not leveraging your relationships, then, um, you're not doing it wrong, but you need you. It's not, it's not enough to just have a lot of LinkedIn connections or a lot of people that you've met or business cards or whatever the COVID friendly equivalent of business cards is, but being able to form meaningful connections and then leverage them. And I love what you said about, you know, I think the way you see your network is very similar to how I, I see it too, is that I don't look at the people that I meet as like ways to get ahead. I think of it as opportunities. Um, My network and my community is a resource, right? And I can give to them, but I can also receive to them from them. And being able to give is a way that you will then receive. And if you go out there and say, okay, everyone I meet, I'm going to try to remember, I will if there's something that comes up and makes me think of this woman or this person, I'm going to reach out to them. I've made a job introduction. I've um, referred client business. You know, if it didn't make sense for direct agents, I've said, hey, this is another person you should work with. I'm constantly doing that. And in return, I feel like I get the same from my community. So I do think that's a really important piece on how to kind of leverage those relationships, um, you know, is, has there been anything else? Obviously, you just being very selfless and, like you said, having that great karma always offering of yourself and offering opportunities are going to be one way that people continue to remember you and 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 give that um, that good juju or whatever it is back to you. But are there is there anything else that have you found really works? Like, how are you staying in touch with these people? Um, you know, how, how do you even go about doing that? Cause after, you know, so many years in marketing, you meet so many people that it's just, I mean, I'll go back and I'm connected to some people. I'm like, who is that again? You know, how do you like, are there other things that you do to better kind of like leverage your community for speaking engagements or other opportunities? Like, are, are there any other kind of tips and tricks other than the um, do good and good will come back to you, which I completely wholeheartedly believe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's, that's one thing. But I, another thing um, that I would recommend as advice is, you know, don't, don't come to the table thinking networking means you're going to have to actively stay in touch with all your LinkedIn connections until the end of time. Like, I have a point of view where I, you know, I'll give I'll give to these relationships, but I think you find certain relationships, whether it's through work or your peers, where there's consistently uh, a really reciprocal give and take. 
with it. And it, it makes sense to foster those relationships. So, um, you know, I have some past bosses who have been great mentors to me throughout my career. And every six months or so, maybe we'll check in and just say, you know, how's it going? Uh, what are some of the new projects you're working on? Anything new going on there? Um, and then I have other groups like my book club, where I'm ride or die a member of that book club. <laughs> uh, and they'll, they'll know, they'll know who they are. Um, but you know, those are people who I meet with on a monthly basis that even if they don't do exactly what I do, maybe sometimes they're adjacent, sometimes they might work in film or something completely different. Um, but allowing like you said earlier, that that honesty and transparency with issues on a regular regular basis with that community, I think it, it allows me to have a sounding board for like what what is the next step and whatever that challenge may be. Um, you know, so again, all that to say, I think I think there are different relationships you can prioritize. I think the biggest thing I try to keep in the back of my mind is for those. Um, I don't want to say broader, but uh, longer term working relationships like my past mentors and even you and I, um, you know, those those check ins, I think every every six months, not to ask for anything, not to, you know, necessarily expect anything, but just to say, like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? And that allows you to organically, I think, keep that relationship moving. I talked to a woman who said she, she was so, um, one, she was just so impressive, but she just very, very smart ideas. And one thing she said she did is she set up like her own CRM for her contacts. So she had, which I was just like, oh my God, just way to completely level up on me in such a crazy way that, because to your point, you meet all these people and um, I do the same, right? I'll, I'll, I'll try to offer a few things. If there's not a lot of um, uh, give back or even appreciation or, or or something like you can tell, like I think you really can tell who's who's genuinely looking to create a connection who's who's just not. Um, but she has that separated out, you know, when she last talked to them, you know, if they have worked together, all of these different things. And then she has just little kind of engaging things that go out once a quarter or once every six months. And for that group of people who, um, are more meaningful connections, it will be, Hey, let's just grab a call. Again, COVID has really flipped this on there uh, on its head, but Hey, let's just grab a coffee or, or whatever it might be. And it might be easier because yeah, to, to your point before we used to put on all of these in-person uh, events and I'd get to run into you and I'd always send them to you, whether we were working together or not and say, Hey, you should come. And we'd get to catch up there, but now you have to be so much more intentional about it. I love her methodology of really treating her relationships and her connections as a business, because it, it is a business, you know, it is how you can keep in touch with um, old bosses, old contacts, you can find new opportunities, you can find new information that help you grow at your current organization. It is like part of your professional branding business. I love that. I, 
I wish one day I aspire to have the level of organization. I, <laughs> I could make that happen. <laughs> I think I just stared at her and I was like, oh my God, can I be your friend? Uh, yeah. Because I was just so impressed. And mine is definitely less, truthfully, less thoughtful. Um, but I, I, same thing, I strive to be a little bit better. But every, you know, I'd, I'd probably say six months or maybe once a quarter. Quarters go by so fast anymore. I, I, I blink and three months is over. Um, but once every six months, usually like twice a year when things will slow down, I'll go through and say, okay, who haven't I connected with in a while? Who have I connected with? You know, who should I reach out to? And you kind of have to put it on you. You can't rely on other people to build your own relationships. You have to be the one, to your point, like going out first and offering a piece of help or education or opportunity to these individuals and keeping up with them. And then you'll find that, you know, reciprocity in 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 the end, but you're the one who really has to to own that. You know, you're not going to find somebody who's going to do the work for you. Absolutely. I mean, look, you might get lucky, but it's, uh, we're all, we've all got our own things going on. You know, I don't expect someone who I meet at an event, at a virtual event to think, oh, Ariel would like this article and and reach up. So I, 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 I agree with, with that, like putting the the impetus on you, but also not even just from a yes, from an ownership perspective, but also I think that gives that gives you the control in the relationships that you're forging. Like who who are you interested in learning from? Who are you interested in bringing into your community? And and you might not always get that back, but um, you know, I I think it's. It's as personal, even though it's business, it's still a personal choice of of who you're who you're creating this like work tribe out of. Yeah, and and now obviously again uh, with networking being so interesting and all of that, um, you know, I found a lot of you know virtual networking groups and um, organizations, and, and there's a lot out there that have been really helpful too. And I do the same thing. I'll look and see what, what are people posting? Can I recommend somebody for this? And that's been really helpful too, because I'll, I'll be, it will force me to go back through my Rolodex of um, connections and say, oh, this person's looking for a PR agency. Okay, who do I know in PR? That's absolutely just like, awesome. And then I'll be able to connect. Then I have a new connection because I'm referring some somebody to um, to somebody else. And now I have, you know, I took my one connection and I made two. So I've also honestly found that the virtual, I thought it would be much harder to build relationships in this virtual world, but somehow, and I think it really was for me for a while, but once I, I kind of got the hang of it, I think it's become easier because I'm not physically going saying, okay, well, let me physically go to a networking event now, et cetera. I can do it almost in my spare time. Okay, I have 10 minutes between a call. Let me peruse this, you know, this message board of a networking group I'm a, par- a group I'm a part of. Does anybody need help? Can I offer my services? Even just like my two cents, you know, maybe direct agents put out a POV on something and somebody's asking about it, right? A, a new privacy change or whatever it is that I could say, hey, we got this. If you want to chat about it for 10 minutes, happy to give you my two cents. But um, it, it's honestly, I think the virtual part of it has has really expanded and really allowed me to amplify my, I guess, connections and 
um, who I'm talking to, you know, outside of just the New York City metro area, which is where I've really been limited to in the past. I mean, outside of traveling a little bit for work, you know? Yeah, I think that's I and I love that approach. And it's funny because I actually had something similar came up yesterday. And I, I had a recruiter reach out to me and I was like, I'm not looking right now, but give me a list and I'll look through my network and yeah. see, you know, who who I can help, like who may be interested, who could be a good fit. Um, so I love that sort of elevating, elevating the people around you. But I, I agree. I think that this virtual and virtual environment has really, um, I don't know that I want to say increase, but there are different, there are different ways to connect. There are different ways to help people. Um, there are all these, you know, this is particular to the, the digital space and it's cause I can never pull myself out of it. <laughs> um, but a lot of a lot of platforms, a lot of programs have created even uh, Facebook groups among a lot of the people who participate in their services, and that in and of itself is a great knowledge share and networking opportunity. So I think there are all these, you know, little little boards that have popped up. There's Clubhouse uh, that came through earlier this year. Um, and I think something something that I did earlier in my career, and I should probably do more now, but um, even early in my career pre-COVID, what I used to do is I would subscribe to a lot of marketing and, and business news channels. And if I found an interesting article, I would share it out to my team. Like it's, a, it's an easy way to expand your network within your company by sharing interesting information. Yeah, I completely agree. Just look for those micro moments of networking and and relationship building. Um, I did want to touch on what you were saying too, and going back to you said you were kind of brought up to network, um, which is really cool. Um, and I do feel like networking it can be a challenge for a lot of people, but I do particularly think women have a hard time networking in general. You'll go to an event and like, I'll always be like, hi, I'm Megan. You know, what do you do if I'm sitting next to somebody or you're at, you know, eating lunch by somebody. But I do often see that like women tend to shy away from networking a little bit. Um, not you. I mean, you've always been so, I think, really great at it, despite what, however you might feel about your own networking abilities. But, um, why do you think, you know, why do you think that is like, is, have you seen the same thing? Am I like overthinking it? Um, you know, are there things that people can do to maybe get better? I mean, again, when we, I'm hoping this isn't as far away as maybe I think it is. But when we get back to in-person events, and and there are some that are happening, like Ad Week's happening as of now in person in, I think, September, October. Um, But like, what what can people do to get better at it? And and do you think there's any like mental hangups around like women more effectively networking at in-person events? For sure. And it's, I, I, you know, I appreciate you speaking, speaking back to me, your experience with me, but it, it definitely, I, I don't feel like it was easy for me to start networking. It was really an area where I had to push myself out of my comfort zone. Um, 
I, I didn't feel prepared for how to handle it. And that's even with having some peripheral, you know, insight and, and background into what that type of culture could be like. Um, so I, I do think that there is, there is truth to, to what you're observing. I, I think it's, it's difficult. Put yourself out there that, that first, those first few times and to do so in a way that's, that's authentic. Um, what I really tried to do was just to, I don't want to say make myself feel uncomfortable because that's not the right angle, but put myself out there in a way that felt authentic. So I, I really think for someone starting to network, being really intentional about what events, whether those are virtual or in person or, or what sort of avenues you want to proceed with, that they're there are things that genuinely interest you, like not just like I'm I'm never going to attend a event on taxes. My my father would. I I will never do that because I will have I will feel so uncomfortable. I will have very little to bring to the conversation. Um but you know, by attending events that truly engage and interest me. Um, I think it was easier those first few times to step outside of my comfort zone and like ask someone else, what do you do? What are you here for? What were you hoping to get out of this event? And allow things to sort of naturally get into a rhythm after that. Yeah. And I, I know you said not necessarily, or you, I can't remember your wording. You don't want to make it seem like you had to make yourself uncomfortable, but I honestly think that's what it is. Like, I think one of the episodes we did um, a few ago was getting comfortable with being a little bit uncomfortable. And that is because so much of it is in your mind. And I do find that sometimes women aren't going to network because they are afraid of what they can or cannot contribute and that they're somehow less than their peers at whatever event it is and what could I possibly bring to the table to this conversation, which is a completely in your own head thing to think um, because you are employed at a business, you are doing great work and you just honestly have to like um, to say, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to talk to and make it micro like, okay, I'm going to talk to Two other people, I'm going to talk to one person sitting next to me, whatever it is, and strike up a conversation because it's the only way you'll get more comfortable doing it. I also heard this really great trick. I don't know if I use this. I'm trying to remember if I do. But they said if you are at a networking event and there's a group, go up to the groups of threes. Don't go up to the groups of twos and try to start a conversation because if you go up to the groups of twos, it be makes it more awkward. But if you go up to a group of three in the group of three, one of those people is less engaged and you can kind of like start a conversation with them, which I thought was kind of an interesting tactic too. I probably have used it. Um, I love that. I love that. Yeah. I, um, I'll have to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so cool. I have not proven this out. This has not been like tested or anything, but I, I remember reading it somewhere or hearing it somewhere and be like, oh, that's really interesting. And and that's probably very true. Um, but honestly, it is just like 
being like, okay, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm doing. Like, if you believe you can contribute in some way, shape, or form, even if, like, I even get in my head a little bit about it, if I'm, you know, if there's just this, like, completely amazing, like, CMO speaking somewhere, and I'm like, I want to meet her. And, like, she comes down. I'm like, oh, my God, what could I possibly have? You know know what I mean? Like, you're kind of just, like, you feel a little shy about it. You feel a little, like, oh, what could I possibly contribute to this person? But you really just have to go up and introduce yourselves. And the people are in your exact same boat is what I've learned. Like, the most fierce, amazing like put together women, men, whoever, they are dealing with the same stuff you are and they're feeling a little bit like of an imposter. They're feeling the same, the same stuff. So just like go over to them as people. Yeah. I, and I think you, you know, I should probably reframe what I said because I, I think you, you said it in a really great way. Um, you know, I, going back to what we said earlier, I think it's, and hopefully this will be good advice for someone, but your, your opinion always matters. Like everyone has a different perspective. So it's, I don't think the, you know, I think the discomfort to get over is for sure that your opinion won't matter or you won't have anything interesting to say because you'll always have a different perspective than everyone else in the room, which in and of itself is interesting. Like if I go back to that example I gave, if I walk into finance networking event or a taxes networking event, I'm going to have a very different perspective that may be interesting to some people there. What I think the the impetus is, is someone who's, you know, trying to push themselves out of their boundaries to network is like that CMO example, like, do I want to be in that room? Does being in that room excite me in some way, shape or form? Because I think when you couple that, that's where you're getting into an environment that could be very engaging and interesting for you, which is ultimately like, this is what it's about is, um, you know, growth for the other people around you, but also, also for yourself, you have to feel engaged to do that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And I, I'm a big believer in having, you know, like you said, different types of relationships, ones, including ones that really make you level up. They're probably including the woman who told me about the CRM list, who I'll eventually remember and hopefully give her a shout out for. But like people who are just on that next level that make you just completely change your game and level up your thinking and how you're approaching things, I think that is equally as important for your growth. You can't just always have peers. Absolutely. And I mean, I have a good example from it. Um, I think sometimes, you know, just by virtue of, of your community and networking, people can come into your life who who can provide like an interesting perspective. Like I, um, last, last fall, was in contact with a you know, book club friend of mine who had another friend who's um, like a, a chief growth officer for a company who gave me really incredible advice when I was, I don't want to say lost, but just didn't have, was missing perspective and was able to give me really probably the best advice I've ever had on um, 
really refining like what my what I want my path to be and like what excites me and what motivates me and it was completely unintentional and it was purely through just a friend Mm -hmm. so we're just about at time but um to end every episode we do ask um two kind of closing questions but for you I'm going to make it three because I'm actually very interested question on what book are you reading in book club right now like what are some recommendations because I as I told you I think when we started this I'm I'm going back in the office like two days a week or so and so I'm flying through books again because I'm commuting so like I need some some ideas from you what are what are you reading or what's the last like book club book that you read that you really loved yeah so right now I'm working on Great Circle by Maggie Shipstead it's it's a hefty one. I can I can probably bench press this book. So <laughs> we'll, we'll see how that nets out. But always, you know, always excited for book club. But the book that we just finished, um, it's called Little and Often by Trent. Um, I hope I don't butcher his last name. Presler, Presner. Um, but it was it was a beautifully written memoir. Um, really interesting. So I, I absolutely recommend that. And at any given moment, I'm usually reading at least like one other business book. So right now I've been reading um, Eat, Sleep, Work, Repeat, which is by Bruce Daisley. He's an, an ex, ex-Twitter VP for, for Europe. But it's really interesting because this book came out like right before COVID hit. And I lost it in my apartment, which in and of itself is a feat. It's not a big apartment. (laughs) Don't know where it went for a year and a half. Um, But like the second chapter, it's all about different research-based tips to bring joy and efficiency to your work. And like the second chapter is why open offices are not a good idea. (laughs) So Mm. it's kind of funny in in retrospect I don't know that funny is the right word but definitely interesting that he has all this this science to back up you know what sort of efficiencies can come from choosing what your arrangement is and an increase in sickness unfortunately Mm. oh that's good that's I know I'm the same way I go back I just had to take a break for some from business books not in, in totally but I like got a little too like crazy with them and I was like reading them nonstop. and I was like I need to get back into like you know fiction and some you know n- not mindless obviously but it's just something that it's more because we're also just always like you're almost always working and I was like I need a break like I can't always be thinking about just bettering myself it's exhausting um but yeah, I I'm 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 the same way. I was just I have a whole stack of them back at my my desk that are are next to my to to read my to read list. Um, okay, so back to the normal questions that we close with. But I was very curious. Um, okay, so um, question one is you know what piece of advice would you give to a woman that you know might be and this doesn't have to be related to relationship building or anything like that, but what piece of advice would you give to a woman who might be, you know, the only woman at the table or a woman that's just trying to get a seat at the table? Yeah, I, um, the biggest piece of advice I would say is, uh, you know, to, to advocate for yourself. I think, um, as, as fantastic as networking is, sometimes we don't always have that readily available. And I, I would, 
you know, recommend to other women or to anyone, that doesn't mean you deprioritize yourself in the short term while you build these relationships. Um, I know early on in my career, I think, again, part of how I got here is I had to, I was often the only woman in the room and often had to proactively advocate for myself. And, um, you know, while that's definitely not an ideal scenario, I will say it set me up with a skill set that has really helped me throughout my career of knowing, you know, what my worth is, being able to prove the types of responsibilities that I can handle um, and that I want. Um, so, yeah, I would say, you know, advocate for yourself. Yeah, I I totally agree. I'm always preaching that to all of the women here too i'm like if you don't if you don't say it and you don't say how amazing you are nobody else will so you it has to start with you um and then second question or or ask for you is uh we want to end with you just promoting or amplifying one woman who inspires you and this could be anyone. It could be someone you work with. It could be somebody, a celebrity. It could be really just anyone. We just want to shine a light on somebody who you really love right now or always. Yeah. I, um, you know, I find Whitney Wolf, the CEO and creator of Bumble to be incredibly inspiring. I think she, she's an example of a woman who went through something really difficult, very toxic and pivoted and created a better product and a better brand. Mm. Um, so I, I just find her to be a complete inspiration. That's such a good one. I have to often remember that if I get angry, that carrying that anger does nothing but hurt my hurt me and if you think about how to use that for the good and turn it around in some way shape or form you can really harness the power a little bit more versus just walking around with this chip on your shoulder um great that that was a great one well ariel thank you so much for your time today we really appreciate all of your insight and um we wish you obviously nothing but the best i'm sure we will be connecting very soon but thank you all for listening to this episode of amplify and we will see you next week or no next month what year is it what day is it what's happening it's it's covid world (laughs) thanks for having me megan